You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA as a whole, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, literally wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media and editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Here with you all on this Wednesday hump day edition of the podcast here. Not quite a game day. That's coming tomorrow. And we should get an update soon on Zion Williamson. The Pelicans are going through a practice today. I think they're practicing around 10 a.m. We should kind of get some media updates around noon or 1 o'clock or so when they have media availability. After that, we should get an update on whether Zion is going to be playing on Thursday or if maybe they want to wait a little bit longer and have him play on Saturday. So that is coming very, very soon. But before we get to that, it is the midway point of the regular season. The Pelicans are 41 games in, so we're going to kind of take stock halfway through with everything. So we're going to cover all of that and a little bit more in today's edition of Locked On Pelicans. So some things more on Zion after talking with a couple of people about different things today. Not anyone in the front office, just um, other Pelicans people. Um, when you look at this injury and the return he's coming from, the way they've held him out, when he is going to be kind of good to go out there on the court, I would assume it means he is just like 110% healthy and ready for this. It really looks like he could have been playing about three weeks ago, but the Pelicans have been using this time to maybe fix his gait a little bit, the way he walks, and fix other biomechanical issues, which makes a lot of sense and I think is a very good thing. And they should be doing this. And it's also these things that aren't a big deal and that usually happen after surgery and they're just kind of using it as preventative measures here, biomechanical issues again. So when he comes back, I don't think you need to read anything into anyone saying that this is an injury that could reoccur. At least if we're taking David Griffin at face value, and maybe we shouldn't, but it's also all we have to go by. And I think a lot of us and most people in the NBA community have faith around a guy like Aaron Nelson, who they brought in to kind of revamp all of this stuff. So David Griffin said on the broadcast a couple of weeks ago that, you know, if there was going to be a reoccurrence of the injury, that it was going to be when he started fully burying weight on that leg. And he has been, and we've seen him do dunks and stuff in pregame warmup. So I would assume that means that there's no risk of this specific injury reoccurring. Now, could other things happen? Certainly. We've seen that. We've seen Eric Gordon break a finger, then break the same finger, whether those two were related or not. And you can largely say that, well, if the bone healed, it probably wasn't. Maybe it's a little bit more susceptible to it. But I mean, still, freak accidents happen. But I don't think there's any sort of risk of this injury reoccurring. The other thing is they're holding him out to get a lot of that conditioning right. And so when you hear people say, oh, we're worried about his weight or we're worried about his conditioning, like, no, not really. You can't get in game shape, certainly, without playing in games. And so that maybe has something to do with it, that, you know, there's something that can only be gathered and gained by playing out there on the court. But overall, I wouldn't read really too much into anything that kind of gets said about Zion. One, because we don't really know a ton. And two, the Pelicans, with the way they've been treating this, by not rushing him back, even though certainly, you know, they were on a 13-game losing streak at one point. Maybe you'd freaking like to get Zion Williamson back. 
But they didn't do that. They stood the course with their plan treatment and everything they wanted to do, which means they've got to feel really confident in their plan because otherwise, yeah, you probably would get him back out there on the court sooner rather than later. But they're taking their time with this and not rushing it whatsoever. I was asked on radio yesterday, Louisiana Radio Network, so you can hear me over the next couple of days when they're done running everything related to LSU, talking about the Zion Williamson return. They asked, is this going to kind of throw everything off? And I said, maybe to a degree, because that might be the biggest thing that's a concern. The Pels have won 9 of 13, I think it is. And that starting lineup has done well. And maybe throwing Zion in there or changing the rotation kind of screws with things a little bit. But look, they've been dealing with injuries and guys in and out of different lineups, in and out of the rotation pretty consistently. Look at the lineup they fielded against the Pistons on Monday night. If you're adding someone else into that, that's just better than subtracting someone out of it who's not as good as Zion, I think it's going to be okay. Maybe they struggle a little bit and maybe defensively there's one or two issues out there. But again, these are things that only get fixed by him getting out there and playing on the court. And while the Pelicans are three and a half games out of the eighth seed, there's still a ton of teams in the way there. So saying that number and focusing on that number is a little bit of fool's gold, I think. So whatever the issues might be, it's well worth putting Zion out there on the court. He's going to help you win more games than not having him out there, I certainly think. And I think you'd all agree with me with this. So with him coming back, I don't know. I just don't have concerns. Maybe that's a little bit naive. Maybe, again, I shouldn't be taking some of what I'm hearing and what people are saying at face value. But I'm also not the person out there on Twitter trying to break news and things like that. So I think that also helps people tell me things because I'm not going to kind of burn a source like I've seen other writers do. So I think this is kind of where we are with it. He's coming back. I feel good about this. I'm not worried whatsoever. Certainly would like it to be on Thursday, but it could be on Saturday against the Clippers. But it seems like, barring anything kind of happening that is unexpected, it's going to be one of these two games. And we should get an update at some point today. I'm recording this the night before. So it's Tuesday night here, watching the Memphis Grizzlies take on the Houston Rockets. My God, John Morant is really, really fun. Still would rather have Zion, but oh man, is he going to be a very special player and probably should be in the All-Star game, maybe. Um, but so Zion's coming back here, and we should have an update at some point. I recorded this beforehand, so I won't know it till we hear it. But it should be around noon, one-ish today. And I wouldn't be shocked to see if he gets upgraded to questionable and becomes kind of a game-time decision. But they may just take the precautionary measure and rule him out. So we'll touch on multiple things from the first half of the season. I'll tell you what my grade is. I'm going to cheat a little bit on this and maybe go a little bit unorthodox or it's a cop-out, one of the two, whatever you want to call it. But before we do that, today's show brought to you by Echelon Fit. To get fit in 2020, you don't have to join a gym or pay a ton for overpriced fitness equipment. The best way to get in the best shape of your life is with Echelon. Go to echelonfit.com to discover their EX1 connected fitness bikes that offer a high quality at-home cycling experience at less than half the price of a Peloton. Echelon makes beautifully engineered products for everyone, busy moms and dads, first responders, and elite athletes, whatever your activity level is. 
And with daily live on-demand studio classes right in your home, you'll never have to step foot inside a gym. You'll love Echelon, but if you aren't 100% satisfied, we'll even give you your money back. Join the hundreds of thousands of men and women who are getting fit with Echelon. Don't pay a ton for Peloton. Buy an Echelon bike today for under $1,000. Go to echelonfit.com slash L-O-N-B-A to learn about their limited time free Apple iPad and complete details of this exclusive offer. Echelon, it's your time. That's E-C-H-E-L-O-N-F-I-T dot com slash L-O-N-B-A. Echelonfit.com slash L-O-N-B-A. So it's the midway point of the season. The Pelicans have played 41 games. Their record certainly isn't anywhere where we'd have liked it to have been, but things have turned around recently. They still sit 14th in the Western Conference with a record of 15-26, and 26, three and a half games out of Memphis now, who's in the eighth seed, at least at the time of this writing. It looks like Memphis could beat the Houston Rockets, but we will wait and see here. Um, so maybe there's a little bit more distance, and it jumps to four games. That is one of the cats in the background making a ton of noise here. Okay, let's see if that fixes things a little bit. So they're four games out of the eighth spot, but they're still, again, tied for second last in the Western Conference, meaning you've got one, two, three, four, five, six teams you've got to jump to get in there. So again, three and a half, four games back, a little bit of fool's gold. But they're certainly playing better. 15 and 26 certainly isn't the record you'd like, but when you look at this first half of the year, you almost want to break that down in half. So quarters of the season with the first quarter being a complete F and the second quarter of it being significantly better. And that just kind of leads me to want to grade this team. And I know we like to do grades, uh, but with an incomplete, we still just don't know if we're only looking at it in terms of the first half, maybe an F. And the second half, uh, the second quarter, I guess, of the season would be, I don't know, maybe a B, but it's overall an incomplete. You haven't seen Zion out there. This team started to come together after dealing with a ton of injuries early on, and who knows how good they could have been right off the bat if guys were fully healthy, if uh, Lonzo Ball was playing like he is now. So it's just overall kind of a big incomplete. We just really still don't know a ton about this team. Are they the team that we're seeing? And certainly I believe in a lot of what the defense is doing here and how the defense is looking. But we've also seen at moments when they kind of regress with that. They re really struggle in the clutch. And so you're seeing a huge mix of good and bad and inconsistency. But they seem to be trending in the right direction. So I don't know if you can really put a grade on anything in terms of the team overall in the first half of play. Now, some players we can certainly grade. I think that is actually pretty easy to do. We can start with Brandon Ingram, who, I mean, is an A, A+. Plus. I don't think we want to quite give him Joe Burrow's rating here, but he's not horribly far off from that, playing in 34 minutes per game, 25 points, 6.8 assists, and 4.2 rebounds, or in four, sorry, 25 points per game, 6.8 rebounds, 4.2 assists, and he's doing this while shooting 41% from three on six attempts per game, which is pretty good volume. That is an excellent season. He's probably the front runner for most improved. He's likely going to get onto the all-star team or at least be as borderline and close as possible to that. That's a really good year. He's been the go-to guy, the go-to score for the Pelicans as they've tried to kind of weather the early season struggles with the defense. Another guy I think you could give a very high grade to would be Derek Favors. Maybe not in terms of kind of the raw numbers and the pure production that you see from him. He's averaging 8.7 points per game, 10 rebounds. He's doing it by shooting almost, you know, over 58% from the field. 
but it's really just the defense and kind of everything that he gives you there that I think has been unbelievably valuable for this team and what he can potentially bring to the table. He just gives you rim protection that they needed desperately early on and to not force a guy like Jackson Hayes to kind of play that role a little bit too soon. Hayes has been impressive at times. I'm not going to give him an A for kind of grading some of these guys, but overall favors and just the importance he has for this team and to this team really can't be overstated. It's kind of similar to like a guy like Etwan Moore. You probably grade him as like a B plus with how he's played so far this year. The numbers aren't necessarily anything special. 10 points per game, uh, three rebounds and shooting 39.1% from deep. But overall, he's just helping you win games at a time when you desperately needed wins to at least not just have the season kind of fall apart on you. And he's providing a lot of of that and these are some of the more impressive guys kind of that you've had you can also throw into that group i think of really impressive guys a jackson hayes here who was supposed to be sitting on the bench redshirting this year but he's averaging almost nine points per game along with five boards he's shooting it particularly well near the basket because it's like lobs and just dunks for him he needs to grow on defense tremendously he really needs to add weight because he gets just shoved around their strength maybe uh but at times we weren't expecting any of this from him, and that's okay. So graded against the expectations, you're looking at him being like a B minus or something like that, which honestly is really, really good, I think, all things considered. So you have a number of really impressive players out here on the court. Same thing with like J.J. Redick, too, who's been just shooting it so well all season long and giving you exactly what you needed from him. He's shooting, by the way, all over 46% from deep on the season. So we'll get a couple more grades coming up here before we wrap up the show. Before we get to that, though, don't forget, on the fly, the official Pelicans Twitch show coming back on Thursday. And it's going to be hosted by myself and Gus Cattengill. Twitch.com slash Pelicans NBA. We're going to take your questions live on the show. Got a few questions I'm going to ask you all as well. And I want to hear your opinion and your feedback on. So it's a chance to interact with us and get your name put out there on official Pelicans Twitch channel, which is pretty cool. So Twitch.com slash Pelicans NBA. All right, continuing on the grades of the Pelicans at the midway point of the season. We've talked about some of the good guys. What about some of the other guys that haven't played particularly well? And honestly, Drew Holiday's kind of one of them. Some of the numbers look nice. He's averaging 20 points per game, five rebounds, and seven assists, along with two steals. Those numbers are good. But he hasn't felt and been as impactful on the defensive side of the ball as he has in years past. And maybe that's because they've asked him to do more offensively than he really has been ever before without Anthony Davis here. And you've got to kind of suffer somewhere for it and the energy you're putting forth. So it makes a little bit of sense. But the other part of it is, too, just maybe, I don't know, it's just not his year with it. He's still good, and he still shuts guys down at times. But overall, we've seen a good bit of struggle from him on that side of the ball. And offensively, he just hasn't been the guy that David Griffin built up. Again, the 20 points per game is nice, but he's shooting 44% from the field, 40, 34% from deep, and he's not in, in shooting 71% from the line. It just hasn't been the MVP kind of guy that was built up. And maybe that's just not who he is. And part of it is, even with 
more shot opportunities and the ability to be the focal point of the offense without Anthony Davis taking some of that pressure off of you, yeah, it's going to be harder because defenses can key in on you a little bit more. And frankly, Brandon Ingram isn't quite to that Anthony Davis level just yet. If he even ever gets there, to be honest, though, the numbers, the way he's playing right now, he certainly looks like he will. So it's not necessarily a knock on him. It's just kind of the circumstances of it. But he's kind of looking at like a B minus B, which not bad, just... I think we were all hoping for a little bit more. What about Lonzo Ball, who's now averaging 12.2 points per game, six assists, six rebounds, and shooting the ball from deep much, much better, 36%. And if you do it over the last like 10 games, he's averaging close to like over 38% from deep. But still shooting under 40% from the field overall. From the free throw line, he's shooting just 51%. And frankly, he just doesn't give you that aggression you need from him on a nightly basis at times. Look at how that Pelicans offense went kind of cold in the fourth quarter. They're in the bonus. He didn't want to attack because he didn't want to get fouled and go to the line. And the offense kind of just sputtered at that point. And he's still giving you a lot of that, even during this really good stretch of his. But the stretch has been really, really good. We were talking with Jim Eichenhofer of Pelicans.com, who's been on the show here before, and he even mentioned, has anyone seen like a complete 180 turnaround, whatever you want to call it, of uh, a player in the regular season where he's just so different from how he's played before? And he mentioned Jeremy Lin back with the New York Knicks, and that's the only one he, example he can really think of. And he's got a really good point. It's kind of tough to come up with examples of people doing what Lonzo Ball has done. And I think part of that is because if a guy does have like a four or five game stretch where they're awesome and then they never do anything again and kind of revert to who they were before, you don't actually remember that, you know, four, five, six game stretch that they had. Jeremy Lin's we remember because of Lin's sanity, but I think that only would have been a thing because it was with the New York Knicks. And if he was on any non-big market team and then kind of went back to relative obscurity that he had, well, then we wouldn't really remember him whatsoever. But Lonzo Ball is turning it around, and now it's gone on longer than four games. And if he can keep this up by the end of the regular season, you're going to feel really good about where he is in his career. Even with the obvious limitations that he has, you're still going to feel really, really good about what he does. And I think that's kind of awesome to see that he's turning it around. He, you, know, you can almost grade him an incomplete, but I'd call him a B if you wanted to throw a grade on it. Um, other guys for the Pelicans that have played well, you've had Josh Hart, who's probably like a B as well. Jalil Okafor, probably in the C range. Honestly, Frank Jackson, probably in the C range. Same for Nikhil Alexander-Walker, maybe a C plus. I don't think he's played better than Jackson Hayes. I think we had higher expectations for him going into the year, but he's played pretty well at times too. Nikola Melli, you know, maybe other than the 20-point outburst he had against the Pistons the other night, wouldn't be graded very highly. So he's kind of like a C-minus range. So you've got kind of a mix of ranges here that has also changed and fluctuated as the team's done well or not done well, hence the incomplete grade that I gave them at the start of these segments. So on Twitter, at Nola Jake, tell me what your grades are for the players, for the team as a whole. I'm curious to see what you all say. I've given you my opinion, now let me hear yours. 
And that's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Pelicans. Thank you all for listening. Again, at Nola Jake on Twitter, the way to follow me. Don't forget pelicans.com, or sorry, twitch.com slash pelicansnba for the live Twitch show we're going to be doing soon on game day. And hopefully we'll get an update on Zion in a couple hours, likely from when you're listening to this. So thank you all for listening. As always, again, Jake Madison at Nola Jake on Twitter. I'll be back with you all tomorrow. Tomorrow.